Welcome to the Agent Success Podcast, where we talk about how to grow, prosper, and innovate in your real estate business. Learn how to find your ideal client, generate leads, and convert more sales from other agents in the business. My name is Brooke. I'm your host, and I hope you gain a ton of value from today's episode. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Agent Success Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. With me today, I have Ms. Sheena Dixon, who is just a wealth of knowledge, and she surely did not disappoint in today's episode. So go ahead and stick around to the very end because she provided us with so much value that we can implement in our businesses today. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. So would you mind sharing with us what inspired you to pursue a career in real estate? So real estate was never on my radar, which is like crazy to even think about or say. So um, I wanted to rent a house and I asked an agent who was a parent also at the school that my daughter went to. And I asked him, hey, I'm just looking to rent. This is my price point. And then he was like, have you thought about buying? Because we couldn't find anything in my price point for a rental. And it was mm. at that point, it was cheaper to buy than it was to rent. Mm. So um, he took me to my first showing. I think he showed us like three or four houses. And I was like, oh, this is it. I'm buying it. And, you know, and then after that experience, I had such a great experience for my first um, my first purchase that I was like, I, I think I can do this. Mm. You know, because agents, we make it look so easy. Like, right. so easy. And it's not. Right. It was a trick. <laughs> they don't know, like, on the back end as the client, they don't know everything that you're doing mm-hmm. as the agent. You're yeah. like, well, that seemed easy for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So what were you doing before real estate then? Because I don't actually know much about your story. So mm-hmm. what were you doing before? Um, so I actually have a banking background. Mm. So after I graduated college, I went to Austin P here. Um, I got a bachelor's in business administration, concentration in finance. And um, I got into banking. So I worked at a local bank here or a local credit union. So I've only worked at credit unions. And then I ended up working there for a couple of years. And then I went to Navy Federal. And um, that was kind of like my background. And I grew up in a family business. So I've always had this business mindset. It's just kind of something that's second nature to me. Like entrepreneurial? Yeah, absolutely. What kind of businesses did your family have or business? Um, So my mom, um, well, my parents, they had a laundromat. And after they sold that laundromat, which is a a laundromat, like (laughs) I've seen it on TikTok. They're like, oh, my gosh, it's so cool. It's such easy money. Right. Like as someone who worked so young in the laundromat business, it's not as glamorous, as fun as it looks. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you got to take out the coins every night. You got to clean up the dryers every night. You have to clean it from top to bottom because, like, it's a fire hazard if you don't. Mm. Um, So I worked in that family business, and then my mom purchased another business, so she does a military sewing shop. Mm. Um, So I worked in the military, like, um, like, like career, whatever spectrum. So uh, did that for just a really long time. I won't say how long, just because that's like probably child labor but um, <laughs> oh gosh yeah absolutely I couldn't even drive when wow. I started working there so worked there for 10 plus years are you from Clarksville um I'm a military brat you so, are yeah yeah I've been in Clarksville since the early 90s so I'm I 
I kind of just say that I am from here, but I'm actually a transplant because my family is not from here. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you've been here a long time. Yes. Almost all my life. Okay. Interesting. That's cool. I didn't know like any of that. So thank you for sharing that with me. And then, so you were renting, Mm -hmm. you bought a house because that happens you know people they go and they connect with the agents and they're like can you help me find a rental but they're like have you considered buying and sometimes mm-hmm. that is the better option so you found an agent and you were inspired by that transaction to get your license yes yeah mm-hmm. was it because you saw how much he made or was it just like that looks fun or um I didn't even see how much he made honestly I don't even think I understood the process enough but what I actually wanted to do I actually didn't want to get into real estate mm. I wanted to get into lending because mm. I really connected with my lender um a lot And uh, it was just there were so many barriers to get into um, the lending part of it Mm. just because Clarksville is such a small town. And it just it was just really hard for me, even with the college degree, even with the banking background, even with sales experience. Mm. It was just really hard because um, even though I'm, you know, technically from Clarksville, I'm a transplant. So I don't really know anybody um, who was in the industry. And and I and I think that's why I pushed networking so much is because if I would have networked when I was in college or when I was a little bit younger, I might have been in a different position than I am right now. That's fascinating. You are known as the networker, <laughs> and you're so easy to talk to. That's That makes a lot of sense, though, with the that you were interested in lending, given your background. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so then you said, I can't be a lender, so I'm going to go ahead and be a realtor. Yeah. Which is easier. It was easier. Yeah. <laughs> and when was that? How long have you been an agent? Um, I've been licensed for six years. Six years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Well, thank you for that history. And then I'm curious, once you got licensed, was it, were you still working or were you full-time real estate? I was still working. Mm-hmm. So I worked at um, the credit union and it was part-time, but it wasn't necessarily part-time hours. Um, I worked 30 hours a week and I took like extra hours whenever I could. Uh, so I was in school and doing and working at the same time. And I'm also a single parent, uh, which is kind of another reason why I wanted to get into real estate. It was just the, the thought of flexibility yeah. um, that would just be easier because at that point, the grandparent was raising my child and I wasn't really uh, wasn't really about that life. You know, you don't want your grandkids raising your kids because yeah. they have ice cream for dinner every day and yeah. they don't have homework done. Um, so I was doing both. Um, I actually got my first listing when I was still working at the bank and I kind of took a leap of faith and um, decided to do it full time. You know, I just made sure that I had, you know, some savings and I was just very confident in myself um, to go ahead and take that leap. I knew I could do it. That's amazing. That's honestly, we hear, uh, you know, John and I, similarly, we we jumped in and we went full time and we believe that that was a big thing that contributed to our success because mm-hmm. we were able to focus on it full time. And the other agents that we have on our team that have been able to kind of leave and go full time, it makes a huge difference. But you do have to have the confidence to bet on yourself and believe that you can make it happen. It's really scary. Mm-hmm. It, it's also really time consuming. You were hustling, going to school and working and being mm-hmm. an agent. And then you go full-time agent. I'm sure you realize this is still a ton of work and it takes a ton of time, right? Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was a lot. I definitely spent that first year um, just educating myself. Like any, I took anything. I 
did listings. My first listing actually had 15 acres on it. Wow. So, and it had a green belt and I was like, just, I just jumped straight into it. Um, you know, I've done distressed properties. I've done um, investment properties. I did a short sale. That one's super fun. Wow. Um, so listing, buying, THDA was my bread and butter at that time. I literally did whatever I could get my hands on. And I just diversified my pro portfolio. And I think that really gave me the confidence that I needed to move forward. And that was like all within the first year or two of me being licensed. Really? So it was really intense. I didn't say no to almost anything. Was that mostly like, uh, so I was curious, the first listing, where did that come from? Was it? That was a sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. It was like a family friend. Yeah. Um, and I think after that, it was just, you know, it's like, wow, I can't believe this person is trusting me to like sell this, you know, this massive house with land. And that made me have confidence in myself that I could do this. That's amazing. Because that's not an easy first listing. No. There's yeah. like no comps and that's intimidating. Yeah. And you just dove in. Yeah, I sure did. And so I was going to say based on that and then you said you kind of were getting a bunch of other random opportunities. Was that kind of all like from networking or sphere of influence or? Um, yeah, a lot of it was from networking and sphere of influence and I think people like I think if you believe in yourself people see that mm -hmm. and they will believe in you because I you know call me perfectionist I don't like failure and you know if you tell me I can't do something it's going to make me motivate myself to do that thing that you told me not to do or that I couldn't do that's a great attitude to have yeah you need to have that as yeah. an agent and an entrepreneur it's kind of intense <laughs> so it sounds like were you ever doing any kind of um marketing per se then other than talking to people and just like promoting yourself were you ever i don't know you know like the traditional stuff were you cold calling were you mm -hmm. mailing running ads anything like that yeah i did a lot of all of those things i did a lot of cold calling um, I did door knocking. Mm. One thing that I like to do was Popeye. So the businesses that I frequented, I go by and drop off some business cards and some little snacks or something. Just kind of being top of mind is really important, especially, you know, for some of the agents who are newer and they didn't have to do that in the past two years. It's kind of something that I'm glad that I experienced because I can go back to it and go back to my roots mm. and remember the things that I had to do um, to get the business where I'm at today. Mm. You were saying it was kind of like easier over the past couple of years. Like if you were a newer agent, like it was just a different market, like it was easier to get business. And oh, absolutely. It was like I was so crazy busy in 2021, 2022. I was turning down business. It was because it was just overwhelming. I'm not on a team. I'm solo. It's just me. And I'm also a single parent. I was working like, oh, my gosh, so like at least 12 hours every day. And it was really intense. I wasn't taking any time off. And I was feeling that burnout. But I was very grateful to get all of that business because um, I was able to save money and meet some of my other goals. I bought two properties during that time period. So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So, yeah. Okay, so now we're in a different time, though. You were saying, like, now you're happy that you had the experience that you did, that you hustled and you learned how to do that in the beginning. And now you're kind of applying that again, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I was hoping that you could share with us some of the struggles that you faced as, early on as an agent. I think one of the bigger struggles was looking at other agents and comparing myself to them. 
which it isn't a fair comparison because um, the brokerage that I started out at, they had this thing called the rookie of the year. And it was like this, like this age, this one new agent who just massively did amazing. Like they basically became a mega agent overnight. Mm. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I could be doing that. They are licensed the same amount of time as me. And, you know, I was always comparing myself and I would look at other agents and be like, well, that person has this amazing listing and I've got this or I've got nothing. And um, I think comparing was really one of the hard things that I was doing in the beginning because it keeps you from getting motivated and it discourages you. And I really wanted to use that first year to just learn. I took a lot of education and everything else like that. But I think um, keeping my head up and finding agents who, you know, I could relate with or who are on the same level as me, uh, because I, you know, those people who sold like five million houses in the first year, that wasn't necessarily my goal. I didn't know that at the time. I thought everybody wanted to be a mega agent in the first year. But, uh, you know, everybody has, has their personal goals and that just wasn't it for me. But it was really hard comparing myself and feeling like I was less than some other people because, you know, Joe Schmo over here has like this like million dollar listing and I, I had a house that was like $150,000. Mm. So it just felt very minimal to it. But I've learned to stop comparing because everybody is at a different place and everybody has different goals. Not everybody wants to do that. Yeah. A hundred percent different goals and also just our own strengths and unique ways that we go about being an agent or our own processes and somebody might be really good at one thing and you might not be and mm -hmm. it can be like, oh, well, then I suck as an agent. But really, you just have to find your own lane. Yeah. 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 Did you have any other? That's a great answer. Uh, comparison will kill you and your goals mm -hmm. and it'll uh, basically just stunt your growth if you're too focused on someone else is there any other struggles that you feel like early on you faced in your career that you want to share um I didn't always like hearing the words no so <laughs> so cold calling was really really hard and I think now like it's more acceptable to text but in the beginning I felt like that wasn't acceptable mm -hmm. so um cold calling was really hard I didn't really like talking to strangers yeah which is a really hard thing to think about now because essentially I'm selling houses to strangers sure. but um but I also felt like networking just wasn't important I didn't think that I should network with other agents I didn't think that I need to meet new people I just thought that you know People will just see me and they'll just be like, oh, I want to buy a house from her because she looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Networking is your thing. So can we talk about that a little bit? Like, when did you realize that networking was key? And then also you mentioned not only networking with like potential clients, but you've mentioned agents as well. So yeah. can you talk about that? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think networking with agents, it's just... People want to do business with people they like. Mm -hmm. So that's what I tell people. That's going to apply for vendors. It's going to be your clients. And it's also going to be other agents. Because during COVID, like if, you know, sometimes the market was just really insane. Things were flying off the shelves. They were just flying off the market. And it was actually nice to, like, call up an agent like, hey, do you have anything? Or, you know, did you see this? Or let me know. And yada, yada, yada. Because... Sometimes, like, it was nice to have those relationships and mm -hmm. then to kind of, you know, give you a little bit of a heads up or even, you know, I don't know, I, I, like, I'm not trying to 
you know, being be weird about it or anything. But it was just really nice to have those relationships because like literally I had one listing and I had like literally like a hundred phone calls in a day. It was insane. That's insane. Like a hundred phone calls. Like how do you remember that? But that agent is gonna remember you because mm-hmm. you have a relationship with them and you were a really good person and they just remember that experience because out of that hundred people, you want to be the one that they remember. And that's what I just learned in this business is that, you know, you, you can't do it alone. It takes a village. So I think that's why I push networking a lot. It just, I feel like it can really take your business far. And it, it is about, you know, we we live in a big town, but we don't, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes Clarksville can feel like a smaller town and, and sometimes you have to get out of your bubble, get out of your comfort zone. Because, like, I've met so many people and I've learned so much by just talking to other people, not being afraid to ask questions. So you talked about having that comparison early on in your career. So if I'm a new agent and I'm, like, intimidated by agents that maybe are just have hit the ground running or they have more time and more experience than I do – I might feel intimidated to like make those connections because I don't maybe want to bother anybody or I'm just nervous. Mm-hmm. So like, how do you recommend somebody in that position would go about making those relationships? Um, for me, just because I, I'm a committee chair at the Clarksville Association of Realtors, join a committee, <laughs> make some friends, talk to some people. Um, agents aren't as intimidating as they as you think they are. Like, there were some agents I couldn't even fathom, like, either working with or even talking to. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that person knows my name. Like, that's <laughs> insane. Like, it was just – I was just so awed by some of these agents. And we're all the same, and we all work together, and you just got to build good relationships. But I, you know, I'm chair of YPN here at the association, and I always try to hype up agents, you know, because – especially our newer agents, because I remember how scary it is at that time, how intimidating it is. And, you know, you just want to make people feel comfortable and make them feel like they belong. They just need to find their people. And I'm just I just want to motivate people to, you know, just do better. And I don't I don't want anybody to quit. I know it's unrealistic, but I just want everybody to genuinely do well. And I think that's I know it's hard. I just I feel like I live in this world of kumbaya and we all get along. (laughs) Uh. But I want us to all get along, you know, but um, but just and I ask a lot of questions. And I I tell people, like when I meet a new agent, I'm like, call me anytime, ask me a question. I'm okay with that. Or even if someone, if it's something that I don't know the answer to, I will try to connect them to somebody who may have the answer. Like, okay, well, you have this one thing. Well, hey, I don't have the answer, but this agent over here, I know that they do very well in that category. And I just like making those connections and just encouraging them. You know, I don't want to make someone feel any less than. That's really helpful. Really, really helpful. So talking about new agents, um, this podcast is definitely geared towards somebody who is new or is having a hard time getting their business off the ground. So what other words of advice might you give somebody? Like we hear a lot of times, you know, that maybe someone's been an agent for a year plus and they haven't done any transactions and they're getting really discouraged and it's hard to be Mm -hmm. an agent especially if you're doing it part-time and just in general so like what kind of advice would you give them I would say just do it (laughs) just get (laughs) out there and hustle. just get out there and like don't 
don't feel bad. You know, everybody, you have to meet people at where they're at. So if you want to do one or two transactions a year, like make it happen. But just going out there and talking to people, um, the education part is really important. And I think that's what helps build your confidence. Mm -hmm. But don't get too like super focused on just education because you've got to like do the education, but you know, your your brokerage may either have classes or car has really great classes, or you can even do some classes online if you just need to be a little bit more flexible with your time. But just educate yourself and find a little bit more confidence in yourself and finding an agent in your brokerage or finding an agent in general that you can kind of lean on and help, um, you know, kind of like a buddy system, that really helps me as well. Because uh, I started at a really big brokerage and it was very intimidating being in you know, a space with a bunch of mega agents and you just feel like, oh, I, I could never be any of those people. And I found a person in my brokerage that, you know, started around the same time. We were very like minded and, you know, she would encourage me and I would encourage her. We'd go to the coffee shop and we'd sit down and we'd um, make flyers together and we're like, OK, we're going to do door knocking together. So having a partner and doing mm. that yeah. um, really, really helps. But I mean, I literally did not know this person. She saw me <laughs> sitting down, was like, hey, I like your purse. I'm like, oh, thanks. I got it here. And then we just bonded over that. Like, I know it's really insane. Um, plus, she recognized me from, like, the sewing shop because her spouse was military. Mm. But um, just finding a connection and, you know, just finding someone to lean on because it's really hard. And you honestly cannot do this business by yourself. It's just way too hard it's way too hard. It, it can be discouraging and overwhelming. A hundred percent. Yeah. And like you said, sometimes at a bigger brokerage, not that there's anything wrong with being at a bigger brokerage, but mm -hmm. it can feel like you're like a little fish in a big pond. Yeah. It can also feel like you have a hard time approaching your broker or the other maybe leadership in the brokerage just because it's like we said, it can be intimidating and maybe it doesn't seem so approachable. So I, finding your people, meeting people where they're at and looking for those connections and not forcing them. Those are some great tips that you gave. Um, I'm curious, what is some of the biggest mistakes or what comes to mind as far as mistakes that you see agents making that you're just like, don't do that? Um, one thing that I I've saw in the past couple of years was like just, you know, just not doing 100 percent. Um just as a listing agent, if you get a contract and it's not filled out all the way, that's like one of my pet peeves. I know it's like such a small thing, but it it feels like it could be something that could be an issue during the transaction. It's mm -hmm. like, well, if you miss this little small detail, then what else are you going to miss or whatever else like that? So just a lot of attention to detail is just super important. Um, you know, on one of my first new construction <laughs> Um, I, this was back when, um, builders were giving out refrigerators. <laughs> I thought I put refrigerator on there and I completely did not. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to buy my client a refrigerator. And, um, luckily that builder was amazing. It was like, okay, I'll just, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and do it. But like me and the other agent, we were literally going to split the cost of refrigerator. Mm. And this was a really nice house. So we were going to like probably split $3,000 for this refrigerator. So just like attention to detail is so important, so important. Um, 
also I would say, you know, get to know some of the vendors out here and some of the other lenders and other services that are involved because, you know, you want to find the perfect fit for your client too. Mm. Um, I know a lot of agents, they have like one preferred lender. Well, I don't have one preferred lender. I have a couple of preferred lenders just depending on what the client needs. True. Because like a FHA buyer is not going to be the same as conventional buyer. So um, a cash buyer, you know, obviously they don't need financing or whatever else like that, but they're going to be different from um, somebody who needs down payment assistance. So you kind of have to like be knowledgeable on those different aspects of what your client needs and don't take things personally. I think <laughs> sometimes us agents, we're like, we advocate so hard for our client, but then if you take a step back, they didn't even say anything. <laughs> and it's like, are you taking this personally or are you really advocating for them? So I think sometimes we take things a little bit more personally and you just have to step back and look at the bigger picture. <laughs> That's great. Um, I a couple episodes ago, I had uh, Jody from Tennessee Title come in, and she said the same thing about paying attention to detail with contracts. Um, and you mentioned like this could be an issue at closing or on the way to closing, mm -hmm. and so that was the exact same thing that she said. So that's a great tip, and clearly there's a lot of that going on, and that's a consistent issue. So. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to detail. While you were talking, it made me think uh, before we hopped on and we started recording, you were telling me, you know, how you like to show up before photos are taking, uh, taken at your listings and you like to kind of overview everything and pay attention to detail. And that got me thinking like those not every agent's going to do those types of things and kind of go the extra mile and pay attention to detail and like serve to that extent. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that you think that agents can do to go above and beyond for their clients like that, like showing up before photos? Yeah. Um, showing up before photos. I just, you know, want to be there for my clients. So if my client's not going to be there um, or if they're feeling a little overwhelmed because it, it's like, Selling your house is a process. It's a lot, um, especially if you're still living in the house. So I just want to be there for my client. Um, one other thing, I had a really um, amazing agent tell me this. Uh, you know, she meets her appraiser out there for the listing. Every listing, she goes out there with comps. And I absolutely do that. Hmm. Um, so if I can't physically be there in person, um, so I'm also licensed in Kentucky. And sometimes um, the Kentucky appraisers don't have the same MLS as us. So what I will do is I'll make, hey, do you have access to real tracks? If they don't have access to real tracks, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and send you the comps that I had and, um, you know, do whatever you want with them. But I just want to give you like the reasoning for this and whatever else like that. And I think um, just being kind to appraisers is really important. It's so important. They can make or break a deal. And I hear so many agents like bad mouth appraisers. And I think it's just not OK. Mm. Um, but it, it may be because I've got friends who are appraisers. And um, before I started real estate, I actually trained under an appraiser as well. But I just have like the utmost respect for everybody who's in this industry. No one person is higher than the other. It's not going to be the agents. It's not going to be the brokers. It's not going to be the lenders. We all work together as a team. And I think that's super important. So you go to the appraisal and you bring the comps to kind of show them like this is why I have this list price. This is how I came up with this. Yeah. And you just go and kind of show face and build rapport. Mm -hmm. and Yeah. Let them know whatever upgrades are in the house or whatever else like that. 
Um, it and you know if you're if you're like slower and you don't have like um like crazy appointments back to back, I definitely encourage you to do that. That was like one of the most amazing tips that I've ever got from um, another agent, and I I take that with me. Some people think I'm crazy, but um, I but I have really good. I feel like I have good relationships with these appraisers. You know, I've never had anyone get upset with me or question anything like that. So. That's amazing. I'm actually really impressed by both those things that you told me that you do. Seriously, because not I don't know anybody that's doing those. It's things. kind of old school. Is it's, it? it? It's an agent who is like very old school. Mm. <laughs> it seems to be working for you though, right? Um, yeah, it has. It has. So I guess that's another way to build relationships though, and network, and just get out there. I mean, that obviously has been effective for you. So mm-hmm. very cool. And I also, um, I do some like light staging. Mm. So not like I don't have like a warehouse full of furniture or anything else like that. But I also add that as a service for some of my clients with a vacant house. Mm. Um, Just because vacant homes, sometimes it's really hard for buyers to imagine their stuff in there. So just something like that. So little things like that. It doesn't have to be anything over and beyond. Um, But I will say one thing I did that was a little bit over and beyond was on one of my last listings, I put in a backsplash. (laughs) Really? <laughs> yeah, they had um, this peel and stick backsplash on there. And uh, let me tell you, never put peel and stick backsplash in your kitchen because, like, it always peels off. It doesn't look great. It looks good, like, short term, but after a while, it does not look good. And they had started to peel it off and it had, like, this weird foam sticker stuff on it. And I was like, you know what? I've put in a backsplash before. I like to think of myself as a little handy. I don't know. But um, so you physically went, I physically went and put in this backsplash. So um, that's extra. Yeah. That's but really but extra. I did put in my contract <laughs> that if like for some reason this house doesn't sale, they're going to compensate me for it. Wow. But but honestly, that was like practice for myself. And that's an add on service that I can add in the future now because it built my confidence. And luckily they trusted me to do it. Um, and it so, looked yeah. good. It did look good. It did look good. It was like, yeah, it looked good. That's awesome. Do you think that you have anything that is like a differentiator for you as an agent that when you're communicating with potential clients, if it's not like a referral, if you're like you're trying to prove to them that I'm the agent to serve you, how do you describe yourself in a way that makes them confident that they should choose you? Um, I think I just try to be myself because the last thing you want to do is be stuck with the client that you don't get along with or they don't get along with you or whatever else like that. I feel like we do have to like somehow have some type of respect for each other or like each other. And you, I mean, I, for some people, I, I guess I can be a lot, you know? So if you don't like this bubbly personality or, um, you know, I'm, and I won't say I'm like the most available agent. I'm not available like past like 9 PM. Some agents like will, will call a client at that late in the night and I usually don't. So mm-hmm. you just have to be the right fit for somebody. And um, that's kind of how I do my appointments. I'm like, hey, I just wanna meet you in person and make sure that we you know, we get along very well because essentially we're gonna be working with each other for 30 plus days. And I wanna make sure that we get along and you're a good fit for me. And I'm gonna advocate for you and these are the services that I offer. So I literally lay it out on the table and I let them decide. And um, usually that works for me. At least I think they, I think it does. 
Um, but I, I genuinely just want to work with people that I like. Now, in the beginning, I will say I worked with anybody. I did not care. Um, and that's probably why I have such like a like a such a big spectrum of what I can and will do. But like for now at where I'm at in my business, um, I just want to enjoy my career. I want to enjoy my job and I want to genuinely enjoy the people that I work with. Fair enough. And you should. I mean, I think after you get through those first few years, you get your feet wet, then you can be more like decisive about who you want to serve and mm-hmm. maybe refer somebody who's not a great fit or do whatever you will. Um, we've talked a lot about it being kind of like a grind and a hustle, obviously, being an agent, being an entrepreneur is that. So I'm curious, what motivates you? You have a great attitude and you're clearly still hustling and that clearly hasn't stopped so what motivates you to keep going and kind of do whatever it takes um you know I kind of ask myself that sometimes because some days real estate you can like some days you'll work two hours and some days you'll work like what it feels like 20 yeah (laughs) and there's there's just a lot like of not in between so you know and I think it's this the the lifestyle honestly because I can be flexible. I do make the funds where if I want to give back to my community, I'm able to do that. That's literally something I was talking to my sister about the other day. You know, I'm like, hey, these are my goals. Like if I make this, then I can give this much back. And and that's genuinely what I I do. I, I wouldn't say that I live like a super luxurious lifestyle. Like I live in a two bedroom home. I'm very Um, I don't need a four thousand square foot house or whatever else like that. But I do like to travel um, I like to take some time off. I like to go visit family. Both of my sisters live on the West Coast. Mm. Um, so I do a lot of back and forth there. And I just, you know, I just want to enjoy my life. Like I want to be able to, you know, the goal is to make money while I'm sleeping. Mm. That's the goal. Like make the money work for you, which is why I, you know, want to invest and start to have investing but I don't want to work this hard for the rest of my life. So I figured while I'm young, while I still have that hustle and I still have that drive, I'll go ahead and do that and build this life that I want for myself. And I, I guess that I'm very like goal oriented. Like I, this is my five year plan. This is my goals for this year. Um, and I try my best to meet those goals. But if I don't make those goals, I try not to beat myself up about it. Because I know that I tried my best and there's always ways to improve and I'll just apply it for next year. But um, but I, I like the lifestyle that I live, um, you know, so I, I think that's what motivates me is because like I have the ability to travel. I don't need to put in my PTO at my job and make sure that I have that time off or make sure that I don't have the money to go buy a plane ticket or wherever else like that. So um, that's just my motivation. It's just. You know, to live the life that I live. And that's that's literally the reason why I got into this business is so that I could have this lifestyle and enjoy my life with my child. So important. You mentioned earlier that you bought a couple properties. Mm-hmm. Are those rentals? Um, yes. So or were they I, flips? Uh, no, I have not flipped a house. Um, that Before I did real estate, I took like a course on um, investing. Mm-hmm. 
I, I just I guess I just like education. But um, so I have the first house that I bought. That was that house that I bought when I was 25. The one that like just fell in my lap kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that is now a long term rental. Um, it's doing very well because I bought when, you know, it was it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Like I paid ninety nine thousand dollars for that house. Like it was a really good price. You can't even. You can't find anything for that. So that is a long-term rental. Um, I do have a short-term rental in Chattanooga. Mm. Uh, and I self-manage that because I don't want to pay anybody the fees to wow. to do it uh, for me. And then um, I have some land and I, and I don't know what to do with it. I want to build on it, but I'm just trying to find the right timing for it and the right builder for it. But, you know, the goal is kind of like to get like a house every year or every other year. Like I know I could do more, but... I don't necessarily want to flip a house. That's not my goal. I want to buy and hold. So um, I'm kind of doing it like very selectively. That's great. The last episode we did was called uh, Realtors, What's Your Retirement Plan? Mm-hmm. And it was very short, but we just kind of talked about real estate investing. And so I was just curious, like you mentioned, you want to make money in your sleep. You want to generate that passive income. And so I was just curious if those are rentals and, you know, how important a lot of agents don't necessarily invest mm-hmm. in real estate, which you would think it kind of goes hand in hand, or at least I would, because my career was based and founded off of real estate investing. And so to me, it's obvious, but it's really not that obvious to everybody. So what would you just, what would you say to an agent that isn't thinking about real estate investing? I mean, why not? You know, I feel like, so the house that I currently live in, I bought it in 2020 and that was like, the whole COVID thing. And, um, you know, I bought it for a really good price. It's in a really good location. And I bought it not necessarily like, oh, this is my forever home. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in my, you know, I'm in my 30s. That's not my forever home. That's not even realistic for me. I don't even know if this is my forever state, you know. Sure. But um, I bought that home with intention of renting it out. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, this is a really good location. I bought it downtown. It's right there by that arena they're about to build. And boom, you know. So, like, you know what's going on in our community and you know where to find the really good deals. It, it doesn't make sense for you not to do it. So, you know, just save up. You know exactly what to do. It's like, you know, we have the tools. You just have to be able to apply it. And don't let fear stop you because what you do is like every day you talk to clients about not being fearful on purchasing or selling. So you have to like <laughs> walk that walk too, yeah. you know. But um, as agents, it doesn't make sense where if, if you have that opportunity, take it. You know, it doesn't make sense that well, I don't want to be in this career for 30 years and have nothing to show for it. Exactly. It's the hamster wheel. If you don't and it, it, mm-hmm. it, you don't want to do it forever. Yeah, absolutely not. No, there's no way <laughs> I can't work this hard for this forever. Right. There's no way. Pound the pavement for the rest of your life. No. I'm going to just end it on this note. I'm just curious. This will be my last question for you today. And thank you so much for your time and all the value. You added a ton of value. And I'm so excited for everybody to hear this. But did you have any mentors early on in your career, or even maybe still, that influenced you or impacted your career? I don't know if I would necessarily say a mentor because I don't work with this person, these people, like, all the time or whatever else like that. But I do see certain agents that are doing something and I'm like, man, I (laughs) really like the way they do their business. And Mm. can I name drop on here? Sure. (laughs) Okay, good. So um, 
one one of the first agents that I have ever met, like before I even got into real estate and probably what helped inspire it was um, Hannah Price, mm. which is crazy because I don't even know Hannah knows this, which is which is so insane because, you know, she's she's super cool and I know who she is and whatever else like that. But like, you know, I remember seeing her and I was working at the bank on post and um, they had like this uh, this new it was for it's like an orientation for the new soldiers coming in and we would do it like every every couple of weeks or so and she was like the agent that represented um the post or whatever and like seeing her on fire like inspired me like man I want to be Hannah Price like that is so <laughs> cool and like even seeing how much she has grown and how she does her business and how she she just like she's like a machine and she's like a wife and she's got children. I'm like, oh, my gosh, how does she do it? And she's like working out every day. Like, that's insane. I'm like, who does that? Um, so I love the way that she runs her business and it's grown so much. And I absolutely admire her and some of the little um like, I think, like, the staging stuff, that's kind of one thing that she inspired me on because mm -hmm. she does such an amazing job. And I don't even know if she knows, like, this. I've never, like, told her this. I guess I'm going <laughs> to tell her after this. But I'm like, hey, by the way, <laughs> I said this. And then um, one other agent that really inspires me is Marion Jewell. Um, she is so old school. Mm -hmm. I love it. Like, that appraiser tip, I got that from Marion. Mm -hmm. Like, I did a transaction with her, and I was like, wow. She, like, remembers every client, every address, every situation. Like, she is, like, she is, like, a library. Her brain is just so amazing. I'm, like, how do you hold all that knowledge in there? <laughs> but um, but I, I think, like, seeing those two agents, and they're just so awesome, and seeing their drive, and they still have that drive. Mm. Like, you know, burnout is so real in real estate. I'm like, how are they not burned out? Like, I feel like Marion's been in real estate for like 20 plus years. I don't really know. I don't even know how old she is. So <laughs> please, like, if she isn't, like, don't be offended. Um, and I know Hannah's been in business for probably close to 10 years. And I'm like, man, how do you get motivated? Because for me, like, year five was hard. I'm like, man, do I want to do this still? Like, this is so hard. Yeah. I thought real estate was going to be easy. Like, what did I get myself into? But um, seeing people like that and it really inspires me. And it just it just it you really have to shift your business depending on the market, depending on what's going on, depending on the business or the clients that you get. And um, seeing people like that really motivates me. It's really inspiring. Mean. Yeah, absolutely. So not necessarily direct mentors. No one was coaching you yeah. or telling you what to do, but you were able to look at other people and get inspired, which would yeah. fire you up. And you're like, well, if they can do it, then I can do it. Or I can mm -hmm. push myself to strive for that, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm not afraid to ask questions. Mm -hmm. So if I see someone, I'm like, hey, how did you do that? Mm -hmm. Like, how how are you doing this? Like, where are you getting this? Like, some agents, like, are not okay or they they feel like they're they don't want to share information it's just very strange <laughs> but um but even if I told you exactly how to run your business exactly like mine no one's gonna exactly do it right because like everyone's different so it doesn't make sense to withhold information but I kind of like picking like pick people's brains and I've built my business on that concept so it's a little bit of everybody it's a little bit of my experiences and, um, you know, and that honestly, that's how I ended up acquiring a TC 
is that I worked a transaction and I was like, man, this girl is really good. Mm -hmm. And then I called her up at the end of the transaction. I'm like, hey, um, hey, what is what does a TC do exactly? And um, I think that really helped my business, too, is because like I literally cannot write a contract while I'm driving. I, I cannot conduct business while I'm, you know, showing another client something. So it really helped um, spread my business out a little bit more. But just those experiences and and just be very humbled in, in the process and be aware. I like to be, even though I have a TC, I like to be very involved in my transaction. I like to know what's going on. I don't like being the last person to know what's going on. If we're not closing, I feel like I should be the first person to know, mm. you know. So delegating a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I That is like my leadership style is absolutely delegating. And that's something that I've learned um, over the past couple of years. There's there's no reason why I need to do it all myself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Right. Well, you've really inspired me today. Yeah. Truly. No, really. And so I'm. you've got my gears turning about things. And so I'm sure anybody that's listening to this is thinking the exact same thing. Do you have any like events coming up? I know you have like your agent open house. This won't be uh, out by then. But do you have any like networking events or anything coming up? Um, I am planning on doing another networking event. Uh, previously, I've held two in the two at the press here. And um, I want to try a virtual one. Mm. I'm not really sure. I'm like, and also I'm pretty old school. I'm very anti-virtual, which is funny because we're on a podcast. But um, <laughs> but like if it's a, if there's an option of a Zoom meeting or in person, I'm there in person. Yeah. Because like I just, too. I want to see your face. Right. I want to like, you know, see your body language and whatever else like that. Um, so I plan on doing a virtual networking class. Which is going to be kind of fun because, like, it's I'm sure it's going to be something like, hey, I know we're on Zoom, but you should be here in person. Mm. <laughs> but um, I'm going to try it out. I'm just going to shift my um, my class that I already have written out and kind of shift it to that gear because I'm assuming that people are, you know, doing online because of flexibility or maybe they're introverts, um, which I, I consider myself an ambivert. So I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Okay. Like I'm definitely gonna have to go home and decompress after this. Right. It's a lot of interaction. <laughs> it is. But, um, but yeah, so networking classes is kind of like something that I've, I've been really passionate about and I just want to inspire people to get out and do things. And, um, there are a couple of people that have gone to my networking classes that have been going out and doing the things that I've been teaching. And I'm like, mm. wow, that's cool. It's amazing. Yeah. That's really rewarding. Yeah. Even if it's one person, yeah, it's fine. For sure. It's fine. Okay. Well, if you get anything like that scheduled, we will be sure to share it anyway yeah. so that everyone can stay tuned. And um, I think that's it. Thank you very, very much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. <laughs>